0: The, uh, the timing of things when you're in the midst of them. So this is season five of the Modern Christian Men podcast, and we're going to kick off the season with a couple of shows that were actually recorded in the fall of 2020, back before uh, the election, Christmas, etc. And uh, not that that matters, but the timing in the episodes that I will release them is just how I recorded them. And there's probably uh, probably some central themes here that I didn't intend to 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 address. It just was how God ordained it. We're going to start the season off with Dr. Bruce Hebel from forgivingforward.com. And I had no idea when we sat down for this conversation that what he was talking about was really for me. So I hope you enjoy this one and listen, take notes, pay attention, come back and listen again if you need to. It's Dr. Bruce Hebel from Forgiving Forward on the Modern Christian Men's Show. Well, Bruce, it's great to have you on. I'm really excited to chat chat with you, catch up with you today about forgiveness. Um, You know, I'm a dad. I've got kids, a lot of kids. My dad had two sons. His dad had one son. His dad had six sons. And I can look back. I can hear stories. I can, from my own personal experiences, see where uh, life shows up sometimes. Things get in the way. Words are said. Actions are made. And uh, talking to men here, s- most specifically with our dads, uh, sometimes we do say, act, respond the wrong way, and, and seeds are planted in our heart, and then years down the road we're looking at uh, these feelings we have towards someone. And we realize that, that that seed has really grown into something we weren't anticipating. And really I- it can be dealt with not simply, but it can really be dealt with uh, removal through forgiveness and uh, you know I've heard it said that uh, if there's sin in your life you bring the sin out so that the enemy can't uh, condemn you over that when it's in the light it goes you know it comes to fruit it comes out and and gets out of the way it's seen is forgiveness kind of the same way as is it brought into light and that's why forgiveness for all of us feels so much better once we start the public recognition of it
1: I think in some ways that's true, but I think it's a bit deeper than that. Um, and, 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 and my story is that, you know, I was raised in a pastor's home. I had a great relationship with my dad. I I was called into ministry when I was nine, which is kind of weird. I know, it's, but it is the only story I got. So I began to watch my dad. Um, and if you're going to follow your dad's footsteps, you know, you want to learn from him. And dads want their sons to learn from them. And so we had that kind of relationship. And I know something about, about my dad is he got wounded a lot in ministry because sheep bite, okay, right? Absolutely. And so I learned, I, I made the, the decision, I'm not going to make the same mistakes my dad made. I'm not going to be blindsided like he was. So I go into uh, Bible college, I go to cemetery, I mean, seminary and get trained <laughs> by some really godly people. Uh, and then we go into our ministry and we get hurt a lot. And, uh, we got wounded deeply mm. and multiple times throughout multiple situations over many years. Uh, in fact, my wife called the focus on the family pastoral hotline one day and uh, told them our whole story. And they said, it's the worst story they'd ever heard. Oh my. <laughs> and want to know why we were still doing what we were doing. And it was because it was our call. Yeah. Uh, but what I didn't recognize is I'd taken those wounds and I drove them. I just buried them deep into me. And 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 I was kind of doing a Passover forgiveness, yeah, I sort of forgive and just I, and and moving on. But I wasn't free of it. I was in there probably about a year of my ministry that I was in torment. That's the only word I can use. And it wasn't until a friend, counselor friend, challenged me, and I went away with God for three days, just me and Him. That God really opened up this concept of forgiveness that we're now sharing around the world. Um, that that when we don't forgive, God actually allows us to be tormented. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, he expects forgiven people to forgive others so much so he connects his forgiveness with ours. And the Lord's Prayer, right? We all know the Lord's Prayer, and the only clause in the Lord's Prayer has a, that has a condition attached to it is forgiveness. But it's not the condition we would expect. If I was predicting Jesus was going to give us a condition to pray, pray in a model prayer about forgiveness, it'd be, Lord, help me forgive others the way you have forgiven me. But it's exactly the opposite of that. Jesus is telling us to ask the Father to use our standard of dealing with the people who wound us as a standard he uses to relate to us. Well, and I don't want God using anything I do as his standard, particularly how I deal with wounds, Right. <laughs> In fact, it's the only clause he gives a mini commentary to when he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your father will forgive you. If you don't, he won't. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about eternal security. That's a different question. But what he is saying this is God will use the standard we use at dealing with the people who wound us is a standard he uses to relate to us. There's a significant discipline that God brings to unforgiveness that I think is more harsh than any other sin we as believers commit. Um, And and you find that in Matthew 18. In Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus a question. How many times do I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Is seven times enough? Well, Peter knew the Pharisees said if someone sinned against you twice, you had to forgive three times if you want to be generous. After that, don't have to forgive. Probably probably shouldn't. Uh, But Jesus answers 70 times seven. I mean, he he took it out of the park right he said right. this is an unlimited number because if you get into the 460s and you're still counting it's a good chance you haven't been forgiving right you right. won't keep track <laughs> uh then he gives this really interesting parable that i had read hundreds of times i'd even taught the passage before i really understood what this meant back in 2009 uh and 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 Jesus used the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, whenever he does that, you really want to pay attention because he's kind of opening the curtains of heaven and giving us a glimpse as to to how God wants things to work. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he gives us a story. And here's the the, the parable, the story, the the natural account to teach this supernatural truth to answer Peter's question. There was a ruler who came to collect debts from servants who owed him money. One owed him 10,000 talents. Now, they're not equal. One's under the authority of the other. And the first one owed him 10,000 talents. He says, pay me what you owe me. I don't have it. Please give me time. I'll pay it back. He didn't ask for forgiveness. He asked for time. And and the threat was, if you don't have it, you're going to be thrown into debtor's prison. And the ruler gave him uh, mercy. He Mm -hmm. gave him more than he asked for. He forgave him the debt. Well, that's a great story. But most people and I didn't for years know what that measure of money was worth. And a talent was worth uh sixty mina and a mina was three months' wages. So a talent was fifteen years wages. Wow. And this guy owed ten thousand of them. <laughs> That's a hundred and fifty thousand years worth of wages.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a little wasn't a little amount by any stretch
1: no no please 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 give me time anybody got a hundred fifty thousand year mortgage out there i would like to know about that that's 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 7.5 billion dollars at 50 grand a year wow. which is the median income in the us that the ruler forgave which means the net worth of the slave was increased by that much and the net worth of the of the sir of the of the master was decreased by that much that's an amazing gift and i'm thinking I might be in a good mood if I got that kind of gift, but this guy, wasn't, he went and found another slave, someone not under his authority on, on the same line as him under the same ruler's authority who owed him a hundred days wages, 15, 16, 17 grand. And he said, please, please, please give me time. Same appeal. And the first slave choked him and put him in prison. Well, said so the ruler heard about it, summoned him and said, "You wicked slave, not a compliment. I forgave you all that debt because you asked for mercy. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave the same way I had mercy on you?" And that's a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. And then he says, the Lord little L moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay what he owed. Well, what did he owe? At this point in the story?
0: Well, he owed nothing.
1: He didn't owe the money, right? But he owed something. Mm-hmm. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave the same way I had mercy on you? There's an expectation of mercy or what we call forgiving forward. And the torturer in that day was a man assigned to the jail who was skilled at exacting the greatest amount of pain for the longest amount of time without someone passing out or dying. Think Braveheart at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a horrific experience. Jesus now leaves that parable and goes back to answering Peter's question. And he's giving it a whole different uh, response than one would expect. He says, my heavenly father will do the same to you if each of you does not forgive your brother from your heart. The same what? Well, in the context of Matthew 18, it can't mean anything but. And understand, I have done everything I know exegetically, Kale, to make it not mean this but it can't mean anything but hand you over to the torturers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It says a father allows us to be tortured because we haven't forgiven. And that word torture is also translated torment. And it, it, it's used 18 times in the Greek new Testament. And I checked them. I looked at them all, looked researched them all. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's one exception every other time it's used in connection with hell or demonic activity. You know, you know, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, right? The Lazarus, the beggar, the rich man wouldn't help the beggar Lazarus. They both died the same day. Lazarus woke up in a place of comfort, Abraham's bosom. The rich man, it says, woke up in hell being using the same word in torment. Wow. God allows us to be tormented. He gives legal authority for demonic forces to torment us when we don't forgive. And it's not because we've been wounded. It's because we haven't forgiven it. As we were commanded as we were commanded and I, we see torment uh exhibited in in uh depression in anxiety in fear uh burst of anger all of the addictions alcohol addictions drug addictions sex addictions uh paranoia control issues some physical issues Kale, i'm from dallas Seminary. we don't do weird stuff but we at, literally have seen people physically healed simply by choosing to forgive
0: Th- this makes plenty of sense to me, honestly, um, uh, having a Bapticostal background, but I've seen people who have carried the weight of things in their bodies literally and figuratively broken over and yeah. seen them released from that, like you're saying, and and be able to stand upright. I've seen that. Like, like you're saying, you've seen some weird, th- I've seen some weird things and it's it, it makes complete sense. It is, e- even we, we thank God, the good father, God will not allow anything to come upon us. Um, but I, I, I follow your line of thinking. It makes sense because you have to read the gospels in the context and you have to understand when he says, like you said, the kingdom of God is like, that's like you said, when you pay attention every time because he is telling you
1: what's happening. This is how he wants things to work. Absolutely. And again, God disciplines His children. Hebrews is clear about that. Mm-hmm. that he dis- if He doesn't discipline you, you're not His, but right? Well,
0: we discipline our own children. Why would Absolutely.
1: And so the unfor- the, the torment is actually a discipline to correct us. Um, and it, and, and it, it's it's because of our wounding that all these things are coming, and the wounds that are driving the torment typically go way, way back early. Had one, we, we do a lot of forgiveness coaching. We have a 95% breakthrough rate in one sitting with wow. an individual or a couples, couples in crisis, couple on their way. One, one, one couple sat down on our couch and she looked at me and said, I'm only here because the judge said, uh, <laughs> We have to see one more counselor, mediator, or somebody. I didn't care who. He chose you. I'm here. Can we get this over with so we can, I can call the judge? Wow. I said, Well, Amen. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Three hours later, she looked at me and said, uh, "You're you're a pastor, right?" I said, "I've been accused." Mm-hmm. She said, uh, "Can we renew our vows with you now?" Wow. And that's our normal. Uh, and there's one particular couple that came and sat down, and um, it's the only couple in crisis that we've worked with that didn't have a sexual sin before marriage. This one, these they were virgins, they were together, but they've been married 25 years. Uh, but she was done, she was ready to be done. And um, the problem was he had no emotional reaction to anything, he felt she felt like she was living with a a robot at some level, just no, no. He didn't no emotional connection, whatever. And yeah. and, and and as a wife, she needed that, yeah. which is yeah. part of the design. And so as we drilled down, the guy was a uh, uh, in the military. He was a colonel, a former. He, he he retired out. He's now doing military contracts. Uh, his dad was a uh, work. I mean, he worked in the Pentagon. His dad was a colonel in the military. And back when he was a kid, four or five years old. Uh, his mother died of cancer or something, uh, and when he was when he was ushered into the funeral, uh, and he he saw his mother in a casket uh, in the church or wherever they were having the the service. As a five-year-old, he did what a five-year-old would do. He just started weeping. Mm-hmm. And his dad said, son, stop that. Men don't cry. Mm -hmm. And every time from that on, then this young boy began to express his emotion. His father shut him down. Well, that's a deep, deep wound. Because your father didn't recognize your need to mourn your mother. Uh, And that, that, changed him and marked him the rest of his life until he came to our 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 house uh and when he chose to forgive his dad for dishonoring his mother for dishonoring his emotions for robbing him of the of the emotions of a child the 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 man began to just his eyes began to moisten Hmm. then he began to cry then he began to weep then he began to wail i mean he's just sobbing. His wife is holding him, looking at us and mouthing the words, I've never seen him cry. And it just it just broke the dam. And he said, the, 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 the humorous thing, they walked out free, reconciled. The humorous thing is he calls me about three days later, says, Bruce, I got a problem. I said, what's your problem? He goes, I can't control my emotions. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's a guy at work that just said something and I just cracked up. It, I laughed. I couldn't stop laughing. It was five, minutes later. I couldn't stop laughing. And then another guy said something that irritated me and I just blew off. I just blew up. I've never blown up in my life. I don't know what to do to these these emotions. I said, it's okay, man. You, you're not learning to man, you're, you're experiencing things you should have experienced when you were a kid. You're now just going to have to learn to manage your emotions and what they look like wow. and, and experience them. And so we see that all the time. And in fact, when we deal with couples in crisis, a hundred percent of the time, it's never not been true. The wound that's causing the torment, that's driving the conflict in the marriage, predates the couple ever meeting. Hmm. It happened way back. Yeah, yeah, childhood stuff.
0: Yeah, simple, stupid words that Mm -hmm. we we as parents. Let me just blame it on me. We as parents say out of aggravation, frustration, uh, dealing with our own wounds and past history. We just mouth something off in, in complete and total ignorance. And then the kid's 46 years old. And he remembers a day his dad told him he was a quitter. Yeah. 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 And wound,
1: and wounded people wound people often in the way in which they're wounded.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So as, as if we're carrying all these wounds into our marriage and we're carrying them into our parenthood, mm-hmm what are we going to do with them? We're going to repeat the sin of our, of our father onto our kids. Right.
0: When I think about people who, who are wounded, who are dealing with this unforgiveness. And and I think about how everybody has this, right? Except you guys, because y'all have got it figured out. And that's what we're here for. But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we carry these things around, and it's um, we focus on the hurt. We focus on the hurt, which brings condemnation towards those who hurt us. So then the, the wedge begins to be driven in between us and the person who hurt us. The wound gets larger, festers more, begins to affect those around us. When, when the whole guts of it is, if we could just lay this down in front of Jesus and allow him to remove it, surgically or however, uh, we would be better on a lot of different levels. I mean, it's hundred oh, percent. Yeah. That's and, and that's what is so crazy about this stuff is that we would rather, it seems as people just harbor this stuff and, and just beat and bash and degrade someone else when the problem is, is our own heart problem because yeah, the wound's it, already it, been created, right?
1: Yeah. And we want them to pay yeah, for sure. that, which has already been paid.
0: Yeah, when you think of yeah, say that one more time because I don't think we think about it that way enough.
1: Well, we want them to pay that which has already been paid. Yeah, you see, there, this this unfur this, this torment that we're talking about literally is a a force bringing torment into us, mm. and and the big question is why does God discipline unforgiveness this harshly? Because I don't think there's any other sin He disciplines more harshly than this. Because nothing else He says I'm going to hand you over the tormentors for. Right. Now some people will say, well, I'll kill you for certain things. Well, hello, no one gets to heaven and says, "Jesus, this was too soon." <laughs> if we get, if we have one complaint in heaven, which we're not going to have one, but if God made us have a complaint, the only complaint we would have was, "Jesus, what took you so long to get me here?" Right. Well, the place is there, right? <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Why hello. But to be left under the, on the planet under the influence of demonic tormentors is a horrific discipline. Why does he why does he do that just for unforgiveness? And the answer is because forgiveness is at the core of the gospel. You can't cut the gospel anywhere. It doesn't bleed forgiveness. In Luke 24, if it's not the last, it's one of the last conversations Jesus has with his disciples when he says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again on the third day so that, and that's so that's important. It's a purpose clause. Well, Why is that important? Because with a purpose clause, the main event, the main goal always follows. It never proceeds. What, what, What proceeds is the means to the main goal. So we would, I think on this podcast, everyone would agree that the blood of Jesus is a pretty big deal. Yes. Big, big, big deal, but it's not the main event. What was it? It was the means to the main event. What was the main event? So that repentance for forgiveness of sins be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Forgiveness is at the core of the gospel.
0: And that's what he entirely paid for and focuses his whole message on and why he did what he did, came to do what he did, to make us right with the Father, to model our actions here on earth.
1: Well, and so the gospel, what is it? It's simply this. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, not only did man lose a lot, but God lost a lot. And it it cost us a relationship with God, and God was deprived of the glory we were designed to give him. Mm -hmm. And God said, I want my kids back, and I want my glory back but there's a big problem. There's a sin debt. It's more than 150,000 years worth of wages. There's zero possibility they'll ever be able to make it right. Jesus, are you willing to do something about this? Sure, dad. I have more than enough righteous in my account. I can cover it. So he leaves heaven, comes to planet, lives 33 and a third years perfectly, and on the cross, stretched out his arms and said, it is finished. What was finished? Well, the payment for the sin debt of the world. First John 2.2, 2. he, Jesus, is a satisfaction for our sins, but not for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. Well, people don't go to hell because they've not been forgiven. They go to hell because they've not repented to receive the benefit of the forgiveness. Because every sin ever committed by anybody anywhere on the planet was paid for by Jesus on the cross. It's done. Nothing left
0: to pay. Which means we're to forgive even those unrighteous as believers. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we use it as an excuse, oh, well, they're sorry individuals, they're crack addicts, they're rapists, they're murderers, torturers, we still have to forgive.
1: Yeah. Because the three days later, the father said, I agree. I I received the blood of my son as payment in full for the sins of the world against me. So when we say God will forgive and I won't, we're saying the blood of Jesus is not enough to satisfy me. When Yahweh said it was. Yeah.
0: And you can argue with him.
1: What father would handle easily the crowning achievement of his son being devalued by the ones he achieved it for? Wow. We say it this way. The blood of Jesus covers all sins, including the ones that wound me. Yeah. So that's why it's, yes, it was bad. I mean, we, we, we taught this message to a, a group of pastoral leaders in Israel. Half of them were Arab, half of them were messianic. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though they're all Christ followers, they were like, the, they, were, they were at each other. They were in conflict because the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac have not forgiven each other for what dad did. Right. And so when we taught them this and they chose to forgive, it just changed everything. And one lady asked me, do I have to forgive Hitler? I said, yes. If he doesn't, if, 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 if the blood of Jesus doesn't cover the extreme case, it doesn't cover the common case.
0: Right. It
1: covers everything.
0: So it's like when we see the, the, the mother broken in the courtroom whose child was murdered by who knows, and she can stand there with, with an integrity and an intestinal fortitude, which many and most of us probably can't become begin to imagine. Look across the courtroom at this individual who snuffed out the life of her child and say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's more than that person standing there there's
1: more going on there that's recognizing what Mm -hmm. jesus did for us and what he also did for them
0: and that's why you see those people who have who have these criminals who have done these things there's a countenance change at that very moment Mm -hmm. and it's probably something they've never heard before
1: it's the witness of the gospel, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what you're describing is what happened in Charleston.
0: Yeah.
1: What makes that different than other places. So when the, when, when Dylan roof was being arraigned the next day and the family members of the, of the ones who were murdered in that church basement came forward and were basically offering forgiveness in, in, um, some not even planning to do that till they got there. Right. And the Lord just spoke, you know, you, you read books and stories about it where they, they, they just, in the power of the Spirit, made that choice and extended the forgiveness. And that's where our freedom comes. Yeah, Because they could sit there
0: and stew in that until the return of Jesus and never move past that right? and allow that oppressive spirit of hate, anger, unforgiveness at the root of it all to destroy yep. the life that they were left to live when the other was taken from them.
1: Yeah, because we believe we, it's an unbelief. Unforgiveness is unbelief. We don't believe the blood of Jesus is enough. Wow. And I ask that question. If the blood of Jesus is not enough to satisfy you for what this person did or this group did, exactly what would satisfy you?
0: We, we get a lot of email at the show here, most especially for men because that's who we're talking to right now about marriage. And, and it's rocky, and it's, it's mm-hmm. wrong, and it's bad, and we don't know how we can save it. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better, in air quotes, Christian. Um, but, but there's some, where, where do, and this is like trying to talk to a million people at once, but, <laughs> you know, what's the crux of it all? How do we find that in ourselves to go back and forgive
1: what's causing the problems
0: today? Like you said, the, the hurt happened before the I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, the protocols are pretty simple. And there's a couple of, of, of clarifications that I think is important. Uh, so many times people think forgiveness is a process. I mean, yes, Dr. Phil, it's a process. Right. It's a process. Right. And that, that implies that if I just keep hanging on to it, hanging on, eventually it'll progressively get better. But forgiveness isn't a process, it's a transaction. By definition, the forgiveness is applying the blood of Jesus as payment in full for every wound I ever have or will suffer. It's a transaction. Buying a house may feel like a process, but then ultimately it's a transaction. Uh, there's things that lead up to it to get you ready for it. I get all that, but it's sitting down in a closing office and you signing papers and handing over a check and they signing papers and they handing you over a deed. That's the way it works. It's a transaction. But if we don't transact, then that those wounds will be carried into the relationship. So oftentimes, if a father, if a, if a if a husband has a wound from a father, or a wife has a wound from a father, mm-hmm. let's just say it that way. You've got a a, a dad who's dominating and and uh, uh, a perfectionist, and nothing is ever right, and the. The, the young lady doesn't deal with that when they come into marriage and her husband shows any level of criticism for anything or any displeasure with anything. The wife will not hear her husband's voice. She'll hear whose voice? Her daddy's. Yeah. And so you got to deal with the dad in order to get to there. Well, how do you do that? The Holy Spirit is the one who has to reveal. That's so what we find we've got on our website forgivingforward.com. You can download a free forgiveness guide, which we call the Protocols of Forgiveness. Uh, there's certain things you have to work your way through. These are, these are not steps; they are they are protocols. They're 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 ingredients in the recipe of forgiveness. That if they're there, heaven says you have forgiven. And uh, the first one is. thanking God for forgiving you, recognizing in the Matthew 18 story, we're the first servant, not the second. So thank God for forgiving me. The second is repenting of your sin of unforgiveness, realizing that unforgiveness dishonors the blood and you repent of that. I received the blood of Jesus for that. I was wrong to dishonor the blood. And then ask the Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive and for what? By asking the Holy Spirit to do his work, He's the one Jesus said will reveal all truth to you. He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's his job to reveal all these things to us. And he's pretty good at his job. So asking, and that's where God reveals the root. And then you forgive each offense from your heart. So to get to those roots, oftentimes we'll ask the question, uh, who's the first person who made you feel that way? Or when's the first time you experienced that emotion? And uh and 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 once we start going there, we'll realize where that root wound actually is.
0: And this isn't mumbo jumbo, this isn't trance, this isn't anything, but let's just look back and find this this hole and
1: fix it. Yep, this is prayer. Holy Spirit, guide me. Yeah. Um you know that there's remember, there's, remember prayer is a mo- not a monologue. It's a it's a dialogue. And one of the problems I think we have with prayer is we think it's a monologue. So we'll just come to God in prayer and we'll talk and we'll talk and we'll tell Him what we want, what we want. We go we go, Amen, and walk away. And the Father's, you know, the Spirit is going. Uh, 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 I was gonna, I was gonna. Oh, well, okay, next time. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs>
0: speaking of, speaking of the model prayer, that is kind of what's been modeled in the American church in the last seventy plus years. You know, we our, our pastor prays for us, and that may be the only time we pray all week.
1: Uh, or at least participate in prayer but it always involves us talking instead of yeah. it doesn't all, all often involve us listening
0: now I've got a question and this just struck me as you were talking um you started talking about being injured traumatized if you will yourself as a pastor yeah that's part of your story that's your yeah. history that um, because the forgiveness came that story doesn't change uh, correct how how do we Uh, enact forgiveness for those who have offended us, if you will, or hurt or whatever the term to use that traumatized us. When we enact that forgiveness, our story doesn't change, but that, are are we, I'm I'm trying to figure out the best way to to verbalize this as a Southerner. Is that the time that we just, we don't let it, we let it go, but the story, it becomes part of the story with the story we've carried so long? Or is it um, just a highlight- part of a highlight reel of our past Uh, a lot of people are going to come with some some large uh, forgiveness stories but the story has to have the hurt in it to have the forgiveness applied so how do we walk that out as believers once we have embraced forgiveness and shared that how do we share that with others without sounding like we're going back and being hung up on the original hurt and not enjoying the forgiveness that's like a 30 minute question but i hope it came out right
1: that's a great question, um, and I'm not saying it just to buy time. That is a good question. It's an important one. People ask it a lot, uh, and there's there's a, there's a few um, aspects of that. We got a different aspects we have to deal with. One, forgiveness doesn't say what happened was okay.
0: Okay.
1: Forgiveness says what happened was wrong. It was not okay. Have, however, it was paid for and the moment we forgive the story the before we forgive that that story brings torment to us mm-hmm. there's 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 torment inside of us there's turmoil there's There's pain, there's addiction, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's all these things. The moment we choose to forgive, remember, it's a discipline. And with God, a discipline only lasts until it accomplishes its goal. And the goal of God's discipline is to get us to rethink, to repent, and come in line with him. So the moment we forgive and apply the blood of Jesus to it, the tormentors leave. So all of our emotions about it shift because we've been free. When someone forgives... Uh, they their heart will ask how's your heart and they'll say it's light it's free i can breathe again mm. it, it's like a weight was just lifted you know that i feel full and empty at the same time there is a there is a supernatural shift in our countenance when we when we do that and so the story now becomes a story of god's grace not a story of our pain and so when we tell our story, we don't tell the details of our story to protect the forgiven. But we will tell our story enough so people know the grace of God and what he has done for us. And so they will see the consequences that we suffer from forgiveness, and they can they can work their way out. They can make the choice to forgive and not have those consequences. So again, it happened. It's not okay. It was paid for maybe a good way to uh, explain it is this. If I'm driving down the road and somebody runs a stoplight and and crashes into my car and totals it, uh, I'm going to get out and I'm gonna look for two things. I'm gonna look for a driver's license. So I know who I'm talking about and I'm gonna look for a insurance card. And if I look at the insurance card and it's in date and it has the coverage, then I just go, okay, we're good. And so I remember the accident and I remember the old car but now I got a new car, I'm driving, right? So it happened, it wasn't okay, it was made right. And so now I'm okay with it. I'm not identified by it anymore. The moment we choose to forgive, our identity is no longer with the woundedness. It's now with the grace of God and the blood of Jesus that that covered it all. And we're we're, we're focusing on his blood and his sacrifice and his cross and the transformation that brings us as opposed to the wounding that we've suffered.
0: So that's Revelation, literally and yep. figuratively, but it's it is the overcoming the the dragon, the enemy, by the word of our or the blood of it, the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. That's yeah. exactly what that is. So w- we are able to tell our story and to express where we've been and how we got here. But but we won't be identified
1: but we won't be identified with the wounding anymore.
0: Right. Which there's there's tremendous freedom there already. You can see. Yeah.
1: It'll be, it'll be a trophy of grace. It'll be a story of grace, a story of God's deliverance and God's goodness. Uh, And the other thing uh, you'll end up, you have to bless the person. So your, your anchor, your rancor rather toward the other person will be gone because until you bless, if you cannot bless someone, you've not forgiven. That's the fifth protocol. After you actually forgive, transfer their debt to the cross, Mm -hmm. you bless them. If you can't bless someone, you've not forgiven them, because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. While we were still enemies, God blessed us with the greatest blessing of all. He sent his son to die for us. So everything in our countenance toward the person and toward uh, the situation changes. Now that doesn't mean you're reconciled because reconciliation takes repentance on their part. Right. But God calls us to forgive first, sit at the table of reconciliation with God, the father and the Holy spirit, uh, the, son, the son and the Holy spirit sitting there. And God will do something to bring a reconciliation. You don't do that. You don't even go to them and tell them you just right. forgive. And then you, you, you bless them and you let God deal with the reconciliation. issue.
0: Now, when you're sitting there with a couple on your couch, do, do you have a, is it, is it different than what you just described or is it the heart works and you know, it's working and the, the spirit moves, the heart has changed and you don't even have to ask them to say, uh, we need to reconcile. It just
1: happens. I would imagine live well, in person sometimes. Yeah. but well, when you're sitting there with a couple, you know, God, we're, we're coaching them. We call we don't call counseling or coaching. We're more directed. I like
0: that better anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a coach gets you to do what you don't want to do to become what you want to become. Uh, counselors uh, tend to be trained to be uh, a little non-directive. And I don't think that's as, as effective. Yeah. And uh, and I think as, as, as quickly as someone can come from death to life by putting their faith in Jesus, they can come from from torment to freedom by choosing to forgive. So we will actually coach them through these protocols. And uh, But what will happen when a couple sitting here and why we, we do it together most of the time is um, oftentimes that root wound is, uh, is, is unknown by the spouse. Wow. And so let me, quick story. Um, We had a couple come to us. Uh, He is a, he's a well-known Grammy award-winning R&B musician. And he heard about us. So he came to us and he'd come to counter with Christ about three or four weeks earlier. uh, And then in that, freedom confessed to his wife that he did not know how many women he had slept with in his 14 years of marriage mm. and that he had an 11 year old son, his wife knew nothing about. And she thought the marriage was perfect up until that point. Right. But he'd fly women to London or wherever he was performing and, you know, they come home and somehow he talked her into showing up at our house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Without a shotgun.
1: <laughs> Without a shotgun. Yeah. And uh, and so as we begin to drill down, again, what we said earlier that uh, wounded people wound people in the way in which they're wounded, and if a father uh, violates uh, the marriage of the mother, it will wound the son. It just will. It always does. And if he doesn't deal with it, he'll repeat the wounding. And so his father had the same kind of lifestyle. And so as he was forgiving his father, he was coaching him to forgive his father. In the middle of it, he said, and my sister. I said, what did your dad do to your sister? He said, nothing. It's what my sister did to me. I said, well, let's park that over here for just a minute. We'll get back to your sister. Let's stay with dad. Let's finish forgiving dad because we deal with one person at a time. He forgave dad, transferred to the cross, blessed dad. I said, let's go back to your sister. What did your sister do? He said, well, the time I was six to 11 or seven to 12, somewhere in that timeline. She not only molested me, but she would bring her friends over and they would use me like a sex toy. Wow. And I said, that explains a lot. And so when he forgave his sister uh, and himself for what he did to his marriage, because um, we oftentimes have to forgive ourselves and he just got radically shipped. Sh- everything in his countenance changed. Hmm. And then Tony coached his wife to forgive who did not know anything about the sister situation but she forgave her husband forgave her father-in-law forgave her sister-in-law and uh forgave herself for some things because there was other stuff in her because we all come wounded right? Right, right, right and uh she they walked out reconciled
0: That's
1: just right, just re- they walked out in fact tony got a phone call from my wife got a phone call from um uh, Japan about three weeks later from the guy's producer who said, I don't know what you did with, but uh, we got a similar problem, can we talk? Sure, so they flew from Japan to Atlanta where we live to, uh, uh, and we coached them to forgive and they walked out free. And now the 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 first couple have a, have a couple of ministries they formed in Northern Atlanta, one to men with sex addictions and another to couples in crisis. Uh, and we kind of put this message out on a blog recently and he contacted us. This was several years ago and said, man, we're doing great. Thanks for, uh, I recognize him. We, we, we wrote it in such a way no one would know who he was, right. but he knew who he was. And so he wrote and he said, man, thanks for the It's just changed our life. We're just doing awesome. Thanks for the ministry you're doing. Lots wow. of people.
0: Okay. So. so, uh, guys listening, they are not nationally known R&B artist with friends in Japan who can fly across the Pacific to get marriage counseling. Tell (laughs) me about your website. Tell me about uh, what you can. I mean, the pandemic had to absolutely change the way you guys do things, even in Georgia. Oh, yeah. So how can, (laughs) how can, you know, uh, Don and Susie in California sit down with you guys in air quotes and begin to find the wounds so they can begin to heal and forgive.
1: Well, our our website is forgivingforward.com. Uh uh there are there's a lot of resources online. We have a course, they can take the course which basically outlines it's eight sessions uh when we do a live video a live event it's four, but we broke it down into the videos. Uh they can work through that to learn the material, but if they want a private a personal coaching we actually have some coaches around the world. We have some in, in, in Birmingham. We have we have some in, in uh, Dallas. We have some in uh, uh, Connecticut. Uh, we've got uh, some in Tyler, Texas. So we're training some more people. In fact, we're doing a training session tomorrow, a coaching intensive, which is the second level of what we teach. Uh, but if they contact a, on the website, there's a phone number there, uh, our office. We just... <laughs> We've been operating out of our house for 10 years and during COVID we moved out uh, while everybody was moving <laughs> home, uh, opened an office, opened a center where we do training and stuff. And so we can either do it through Zoom or people can come visit us and, and uh, we either we do it or some of the people we've trained can help. Uh, and again, we have, it is a, it is, um, it, the moment one forgives, the tormented tormentors will leave. So there's breakthrough. So there is hope there's hope. So all they get, all they have to do is contact us. Also have a book online. Uh, You can get the book. Uh, It's, you can download it on Kindle. You can get the hard copy or we have an audio version and we have some other material as well. Uh, Plus we have a blog. You can sign up for a blog. Other thing is that we just finished and uh, uh, launched on the Bible app, you version Bible app uh, forgiveness, the freedom of the gospel. Uh, It's a seven day devotional that will kind of lead you through what we teach as well. So that we just launched that in on Rosh Hashanah back in September, and uh, uh, God's doing some good stuff with that as well.
0: That is fantastic, man! I love the fact that you guys are growing and going when the world is seemingly sitting still. Of course, the gospel is
1: going to go. It does well in the in dark times. That's when the gospel flourishes, right? Yeah. And so uh, when we were building out the center, we're going, okay, this is COVID. What are we doing? This is like Tony goes. I feel like this feels like Noah. You know, and the world is going. And, 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 and when his kids are going, Dad, what's rain? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're 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 excited about what God's doing. So again, we've got a blog that we produce every Tuesday now, and you can sign up for that on the website as well and get the get the material. Uh, and you can go back and research the old blogs. I did one on the election, not uh, on on election day before we knew the outcome. Uh, and as we are talking about that, we still don't know the outcome. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, there is a four response, uh, biblical mindset response we need to have regardless of what anything goes on. So anyway, they can, they can get a lot of, you can get lots of information on our website. We're trying to, uh, reach the world as best we can. And we can do zoom. We can do zoom coaching, uh, if people need it.
0: When, uh, when, and if things go back to easy airline movement and conferences being okay again, will you guys hit that circuit again? absolutely and make yourself available
1: absolutely in fact we're leaving we're going to be in chesterton uh indiana i'll be there speaking on the 29th uh on in their in their multiple services and then we'll do an, a, a live seminar on uh friday and saturday of that week um which is i think is the fourth and fifth okay. of so so we'll do that yeah we're, we we love the live it's just there's just a lot of interaction we can do with that so yeah, it, yeah. it's fun Fantastic. A lot of changes love to see people's lives change. And it always happens in those events. Is,
0: is it, is it like standing there and you see the light bulbs go off and you know that for that couple or that person, they just found it. And then you see another bulb go off in the, in the audit. It has to be that way. I mean, you, it is
1: it's a In spiritual fact, thing in, in, as
0: much as it is reality, right?
1: Well, those two things are reality is a spiritual, is a spiritual right? Spiritual realm is reality. The material world is not our reality.
0: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say flesh, but I didn't want to get too churchy on everybody. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah, physical. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's amazing. We always, even in the seminars, we always give a chance for people to apply this. Uh, and yeah, we were in in that uh, event in in Israel, three days in the Dead Sea. At the end of the day, we were back, and these Arabs and Jewish leaders were embracing one another, forgive having forgiven one another, blessing one another, and we're just in the back of the room weeping and oh just crying. And we're, we told by the organizers that what they saw there has, has, they have not seen in Israel in 30 years oh my of ministry. So, uh, yeah, it's, if, if we don't forgive, there's torment. And I don't think you can abide in Christ effectively and walk in the spirit effectively. If there's a tormentor involved, but the moment we forgive freedom happens. It's crazy.
0: Wow. That could set a lot of churches free, but we won't talk about that today, but man, that's some powerful stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I tell people that the reason the church is so impotent today is we haven't learned to forgive. Yeah. And the world is saying, you're not smoking what you're selling. Right, right, yeah. You want us to believe in the forgiveness of God, but you're not forgiving one another. And uh, so I think guys will resonate with this. One of my life uh, principles that I live by is I never eat barbecue prepared by a vegetarian. <laughs> It's just not going to turn out well. (laughs) I want my barbecue prepared by a heavyset guy with barbecue sauce in his beard. Uh, I want to know he's eaten and tasted the stuff and he's sharing with me the overflow. And when we learn to forgive, the world wants to know that we've eaten and tasted the grace of God. And so that we can share with him the overflow out of our life. And that happens when we choose to forgive. I love that. Give us your website one more time, Dr. Bruce. It is forgivingforward.com. Forgivingforward.com. forgiving forward.com.
0: Very easy to navigate. The links are there. We'll have them in our show notes as well. Yep.
1: And, and, uh, and you can li- we've got a, a page on Facebook. So you can, you can uh, like us on Facebook and I think we have a Twitter account and Instagram account. Okay. Uh, so uh, follow us on all of those venues. It helps us. And, uh, uh, and then sign up for the website. I mean, the, uh, the, the, uh, the blog uh, we'll send those emails out uh, weekly and, uh, as the Lord wills and and provides.
0: We really appreciate you being here with us today. Your transparency and candidness are awesome. And yeah. I can just imagine uh, how, how God has used you and your wife. We thank you for that because uh, there's a lot of us out there that need those sorts of things. So we appreciate you making yourself available to us here on the show as well as there online. And look forward to learning more and sharing about this because i don't know anybody that doesn't need a taste of this forgiveness
1: absolutely the only people that don't need are the ones who've never been wounded so uh and we don't <laughs> know any not, of them no no was one guy walked perfectly on the planet and we killed him so none of us get out of this unscathed so we're we're, we're excited about helping and and uh, appreciate what you're doing uh, as well my friend and yeah uh, yeah keep us in keep us in your prayers and and uh, uh Let us know what we can do. And again, anybody needs our help, just contact us. We'll do our best.
0: All right. It's uh, forgivingforward.com. Yes, sir. All right. We'll share it on the show as well, on the show notes. And Dr. Bruce, it's been a blast. Thank you for catching up with me early this morning. God bless you and your family and uh, your ministry. And look forward
1: to catching up with you sometime soon. All right. Great. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I had no idea that that's where this call was going. I didn't know that I needed what I received in this program until I heard it. I hope that you, the same, carry home some some truth from this. It's forgivingforward.com. Dr. Bruce Ebel, you can check him out. Uh, He's got his courses listed there on the website. A a lot of stuff that you may want to go back and revisit uh, potentially with your family. Uh, Most importantly, get this